1: Welcome to Attacking Third. I'm Lisa Roman, your host, NWSL analyst and broadcaster, joined by my lovely friends tonight. Lori Lindsay is back, former U.S. Women's National Team superstar and NWSL analyst. And we welcome, for the very first time to Attacking Third, NWSL reporter, MLS reporter, CBS sports reporter, Olympics reporter, Marissa Pilla. Marissa, welcome to Attacking Third. So happy to be here. Long
2: time listener, first time guest. So really, really pleased to be here with you, Lisa and
1: Lori. Oh, thank you. We are so excited. We have such a big weekend of NWSL games. We thought we'd have five matches to recap. Turns out there was only four. We'll cover that for you later. And as a spoiler alert, draws across the board, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, you both were at the Orlando game in Orlando. How was that? How's Orlando? Lori? Hi. What have you done in Orlando?
3: Yes. I mean, Marissa just said it hot, humid, definitely. We're still recovering from the game and we didn't even play. Um, But awesome weekend, have some good friends on the Orlando team. So good to catch up with them and uh, meet Ashton and Allie's little baby girl, Sloan. So lots of fun. And I think, you know, just it's good to be back on site live in these games. And, um, you know, we've been sending Marissa out for a year on her own and now we have to be with her on these weekends but you know yeah,
2: it's but, just, yeah. <laughs> they've just been shipping me out hoping I come back with the mic flags um and you know it's been working but now I have to deal with Lori um who I don't know if she can hear this but she is such a diva so you know just having to deal with that on the road on top of everything else it's just it's a lot but you know I love my job and that's what I tell myself
1: Hey, you have to love what you do when you're standing in the heat and the humidity and just sweat dripping down all over your backs, probably more sweaty than the players, right? The makeup. I get it, guys. I get it. Well, thanks for joining us. Big weekend that we need to recap. But first, some very exciting news in the NWSL, the championship site. It has been announced, finally, the Portland Thorns Providence Park will play host to the 2021 NWSL Championship match. This will take place on Saturday, November 20th. This game will be on CBS Sports. As a reminder for everyone, it's an expanded playoff format this season for the very first time. The top six teams from the regular season make the postseason with the top two teams getting a first round bye and the Thorns currently sitting at the top of the table with 32 points. It has been hosted at Providence, Providence Park before in 2015 and in 2018. And, uh, Lori and Murso, I've read this. I was excited for the announcement. My biggest shock factor, that this game will be kicking off at 9 a.m. <laughs> local. Listen, yeah. I know
3: something about that, right? And in, our, in, our, in our old league, the WPS – I was playing with the Philadelphia independents and we made it to the final against the San Jose team. And it was a 10 AM kickoff and we ended up losing 3-0. I mean, they were the better team. What do you even do team. though?
2: Like, how do you even wake up and, and be ready to go? Cause I'm barely ready to talk. Well, clearly we did.
3: did you just hear the scoreline? Clearly we didn't, we didn't even. Yeah, wake up. I and, the joke, you and the joke was Paul Riley was our coach at the time. And he gave us this like the amazing, you know, pregame speech prior to the game, the night before and he's like, oh, we should have just played the game the night before. <laughs> a little better. <laughs> so it will be interesting. Let's see how this goes. But 9 a.m. Um, it's going to be a lot of uh,
2: Portland coffee and um, <laughs> probably not a lot of sleep. But, I mean, so exciting. Portland always brings a great crowd. It, I would love to see Portland in the final, have like a Tampa Bay Super Bowl situation out there for them, especially this being – uh, Mark Parsons' uh, last couple games with with the Thorns before he leaves. Um, so I'd like to see them kind of ride off into the sunset with him. He's put so much great work into the program and, and um, just making them continual winners. I'd like to see them
1: go out on top at home. I think that'd be great. It would be very exciting for that, for the team to play at home. And as everyone has talked about and anyone who's visited that stadium or played in that stadium, it is a very tough place to play, no matter who is playing at home there, if it doesn't happen to be the Portland Thorns. But I will check back in with you ladies as we get closer to that to find out what your breakfast is going to be and what time your alarms are set, because I am very curious. Lori's breakfast (laughs) is going to be gummy bears, so you don't even have
2: to follow up. It's just some (laughs) sugar. (laughs) That and donuts. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from our news, we have a very full weekend of games ahead of us. It started off on Saturday with Gotham versus Chicago Red Stars. This game, Lori, we did not predict this, ending in a nil-nil tie. And for Gotham, this was the first game officially under new head coach Scott Parkinson. He was not available for this match due to a prior family commitment. However, assistant Becky Tweed acted as the head coach alongside the new assistant Bev Yanez. Gobel, Yanez, excuse me, Uh, but a scoreless draw. Interesting, very, very, very interesting game. I mean, all of the games interesting this weekend, I must say for draws. Sometimes we don't always get that, but this goal early, early in the second half for Chicago was called back due to an offsides play. But the first 15 minutes for me was when Chicago took off. Uh, they were connecting passes and moving forward. Casey Kruger had a shot off the, the post in the first three minutes or so. Is pretty evenly played throughout. Marissa, when you watched this match, what specifically stood out for you for these teams? I think kind of what you're talking about in terms of the chemistry that that's
2: building there. And we see that in kind of bits and pieces with Chicago. Sometimes they have it, sometimes they don't, but when they're on, they're really fun to watch. You know, when, when things aren't connecting as well as they could be, it's kind of, you don't know who this team is, but when they're able to get all those fine details in place, you can see what they're building towards. I think it's really interesting that they're unbeaten in their last three matches. They picked up five points over that stretch, So yeah, I mean, two of them were draws, but you're getting points. And at this point in the season, that's what matters. We know how tight these standings are. Chicago has made it very, very clear. They want to be in the postseason. I remember at the beginning of this season, Rory Dame said they're still not over 2019. So they're not even over losing that 2019 uh, final 2020 almost in Chicago's mind didn't happen like the rest of us who are trying to get over it. So for him, it's it's redemption for this team. It's still redemption to getting into those finals, showing that Chicago is a team that needs to be taken seriously. And I think that they have these great moments where they they're proving what they want to be proving.
1: For this matchup specifically, Kaylin Sheridan for Gotham in goal, five saves against Chicago. It was really the attack of Pew and Watt up top and, and the combination play that's hopefully coming into fruition there for Chicago. Like how how do they keep getting more goals, Lori?
3: You know, I think it'll just be about execution. I think for a lot of these teams, the margins are so fine. We saw that, as you mentioned, uh, ties across the board. So it's really just going to come down to, honestly, who's taking their chances, who's reading what the opposition is giving you, because it's there's not a ton of uh, difference amongst all these teams. I and mean, we're seeing how tight everything is, how, um, you know, in some ways – when I say how tight everything is, not only in the standings, but the way that some of these teams are playing, know that knowing that's um, these points are at a premium. So I think at some point in time, it's just going to be about who's willing to take some of those risks, but take the risks in the final third while managing what they're giving away as well. And just cleaning some things up because everyone's taking advantage of any sort of mistakes, really pouncing on it. So it's no different for Chicago than it is for like a North Carolina or some of these other teams. It's about finding the back of the net and who's going to step up for your team. And if that's Watt, if that's Pew and, we've seen that we've seen that when Sam Kerr's there, they need somebody that's willing to say, Hey, I'm going to step up and be the leader and actually be the true goal scorer. Cause I would say that is the only real situation with Chicago right now is like, who are you looking to? And when you're a championship team, you have to have somebody that you can rely on when things aren't necessarily going your way. You need to know somebody that you can be like, yep, here's somebody that's going to put us, um, put this in the back of the net and kind of turn the tides when, when needed for sure. So, and, Lise, remind me what was our prediction? I can't remember, it's been a long weekend. Give it to me. I, I don't remember. I thought <laughs> we need live viewers here, it's definitely says, two, 2 1. Two Marissa, one. yes,
1: okay.
2: I was on. I'm glad today. I know, guys. <laughs> it's a long weekend. We do a
3: lot You're of episodes, welcome.
1: Marissa. I'm glad you did your homework <laughs> I, you know, and listened.
3: Listen, from a Gotham standpoint, that's a huge point. Had gone yeah. winless. Right. Coaching change, a lot of overhaul there. Um, Scott Perkinson is not even available. We knew that that was the the potential uh, possibility coming into this game for them to pick up a point. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think they have one more game and there's been a little bit of a schedule change. They're going to have a couple weeks off or so. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes in this season, this point in the season, that's not always great. You know, after you've been in like kind of a typical schedule of like a game per week or so. But I think for Sky, um, whoa. That was a weird mistake. Everyone Gotham FC Um, in 2019, everybody um, (laughs) (laughs) um, for Gotham. though, I think that that is really important this time because it gives Scott Parkinson, it gives Bevianas an opportunity to like really solidify some of the principles that they want to bring in. And it might not be a, a, a whole slew of time, but enough to kind of get those um, down headed into like a really, really critical point in the season.
2: I totally agree. When I saw that on the schedule, I was like, oh, my gosh, that must be such a relief for this team because they haven't won since it's been announced that Fred was leaving and then ultimately left. So for them to have just a second to collect themselves and not have to worry about, hey, there's so much pressure on us right now because we actually need to get results. We need to put points on the board. We can actually settle, get to know Scott Parkinson, have him get to know us as his actual team and not the opposition. And actually put something together in that that very crucial last stretch.
1: And injuries play such a big, big part at this point in the season when you talk about a team like Gotham Mitch Purse is still out. Margaret Purse is still out with injury. So this break ahead for Gotham could prove really well for her in getting some rest and recovery. And then on the Chicago side, Lori, you mentioned the consistency and having someone be that really consistent goal scorer. We saw Vanessa Bernardo back in the midfield for Chicago for the first time in over a month. She was out due to concussion protocol. So getting some of those numbers back in there to to complete the squads of 11, the starting 11 that these teams want to see. At this point in the season, that needs to happen every single week. So a break might be really good for these teams. But otherwise, Chicago and Gotham splitting points in the opening match of the weekend. Moving on, it was Racing Louisville versus OL Reign. This one ends... In another draw. That's a big theme for today's episode. However, goals in this one. One-one. It was the first match for interim head coach Mario Sanchez after Christy Holly was terminated from racing Louisville. This game was rainy. It was not that pretty of soccer due to the rain. The ball was in the air a lot. Um, it was the third match for O.L. Reign in six days, so no Megan Rapino, She did not travel. She was on the injury report list, and Jess Fishlock and Quinn did not start the match. They came in, in the 60th minute around, and honestly, that substitute with Fishlock and Quinn did change the game for O.L. Reign, and when I look at these starting lineups, and it was missing Fishlock and Quinn, I also Looked at racing Louisville for interim head coach Mario Sanchez. He put Emily Fox, the standout left back for Racing Louisville throughout this entire season, on the right side in the back. She switched from the left to the right. She's a left-footed player. He was already making moves in his first match of This season for Racing Louisville after stepping in, but goals coming from Nadia Nadeem in the 23rd minute for Racing Louisville getting on the board first, a huge transition goal for Nadeem. And then late in the second half, OL Rain responded and not surprisingly at all a header from Bethany Balser. It was her eighth goal of the season, making her the golden boot leader as of now and assisted from Sophia Huerta who is in that outside back position. I love to see these positional changes from Laura Harvey. It's, it's great to see. Yeah, we got to
2: see uh, Sophia Huerta play that position and, we also got to hear uh, from Laura Harvey and, and her uh, where's response was hey if if you want me to be there I will be there for you and I love when players have that response and are able to um, be open to a transition because a lot of times too you identify with your position oh I'm this kind of player I play this kind of way and to be able to be flexible like that for the good of the team knowing that they're trying all that they can to get their absolute best players on the field and moving Huerta to an outside back has done just that and I mean, I'm a huge Bethany Balser fan. Uh, from going undrafted to rookie of the year to now Golden Boot winner, I love that. But I was a little heartbroken that she crushed Racing Louisville because for them to have walked away with a win in this match, I think would have meant so so much. But for me, this game was all about the post-game reaction from Mario Sanchez, uh, from Michelle Bedos. They had such impassioned speeches after this game wrapped up to their team, just saying. Uh, we sh- we couldn't be prouder. Michelle Beto said, "When's the last time we all felt this proud of a performance where we all left it out in the field like that?" And she's like, "It's been a while." You know, there were a lot of f bombs dropped in that speech from both of them, but you know, you need that sometimes. And. You could see how much um, Mario Sanchez is he was just so impassioned in that in that speech. And I love seeing that because he he even acknowledged this has been a tough week for you guys referencing to the players. And he can't imagine what they've been going through and for them to show up the way they did and to work so hard for each other spoke volumes for him to be able to see and. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm hopeful. These players deserve a, a good ending to this season. So I'm hoping this kind of starts to trend in a positive direction for them.
1: Racing Louisville getting on the board first, Lori, and and like Marissa said, they almost had that win so close to the end of it. But the progression of this Louisville team and especially up against a red hot OL rain team who has been on a winning dominant streak over the last few weeks is is this something we're going to see more of from racing Louisville going forward, Lori?
3: I think so. But I do remember when we were talking about this in the preview, is I, you know, I think sometimes this can go either way. Like with a coaching change, um, it could be a really bright bright thing for the f- future of a team because it it really it reignites it brings some teams together or it could go the other way and, and i think after the performance that we saw this weekend it looks like it's going the former is going to be the case this team is going to be ignited there uh, there's always already seems to have been a bond amongst the players and i think the only situation that's a bit tough um for them is that they are a young team right because when you look at this matchup in particular is really experience of ol rain versus kind of that youth who who are just gaining experience. A lot of these players um, starting to learn what a full NWSL season is like, playing 90 minutes week in and week out, with a lot of them had been subs on their previous teams before being taken in the expansion draft or from the college draft. So I think this is a huge opportunity, though, for this club in general. To be able to take steps forward in terms of growth, in terms of leadership, we see Michelle Beato's, as Marissa is mentioning, already step up in countless ways. I think throughout the season, but it really is the McCaskills, uh, Emily Fox. Regardless of where they're playing, can they take a step forward quicker than you would think in their maturation process? So huge point for them because I was a little bit unsure in how this was going to go, and um, I think it's awesome for this club and for OL Reign. Wow. I mean, listen, look out, um, they're my favorite right now because I mean the, what they've overcome at the beginning, then to see Laura Harvey bring in, um, the excitement to this team and the, the strides that they've made in three games in eight de- eight days, eight D's, um, <laughs> um is is fantastic you know at this point in time in the season and you mentioned Jess fishhawk and quinn coming off the bench for those players who uh, make an impact that they're doing in all of these games regardless if they're starting or not um that's what you need and we talk about the difference makers and that team is really stepping up in the ways um with the rotation of players that are needed in this stretch in this um run to get into the playoffs
1: and O.L. Reign also now has a little bit of a break because they don't play again until next weekend, which could be good for players on that injury list and and just minute management of these high-level players, especially in the midfield with Fishlock and Quinn, who didn't get the start, but definitely game changers when they step onto the field, just being creative in the attack, which It's hard to do, and man, Fishlock makes it look so easy. Lori, I love that you dubbed OL Rain as your favorite. I'm going to come back to you on that one throughout the (laughs) rest of this season and see if it stays the same or not. Um, But another tie, OL Rain and Racing Louisville 1-1. And the last match for Saturday ended up – not being played. We we were hoping to recap five, but unfortunately only four tonight. Portland versus Washington Spirit. The morning of this game on Saturday, news came out of Washington Spirit that four players had tested positive for COVID-19. This game ha- being postponed. Um, versus Portland Thorns due to this league's positive testing protocol. It will be rescheduled once the health and safety protocols have all been cleared up. The league will make an announcement. But there's a lot of news in this league, ladies, that (laughs) I cannot – I honestly cannot keep up with if you put your phone down and you get off Twitter for about an hour, you're going to miss something. And and now neither of these teams getting to play um, after Spirit having already traveled to Portland Thorns and, and Providence Park, um, but now no match being played. Is, is there any word from the inside from our, our lovely talent here about this match and what's going to happen when it'll be played?
3: I, I don't have any word. I just want to give out to a uh, shout out to your um, primary host, um, Sandra Herrera, though, and her, her Twitter and her outfit yesterday. And, you know, she's on vacation and then she logs in and she's telling us how she's grew up on telenovelas. And <laughs> here she is like, I can't put my phone down. And because this is the news that's breaking left and right. So you're exactly right. I mean, shout out to Sandra, who's amazing um, and who's trying to take vacation. She can't um, with this league. So honestly, I don't have any, inside information. I think it's the right thing though at this point in time um, safety first for these players. I, I think it, it does um, bring up some interesting questions in terms of vaccination and what that looks like for players because safety, safety and um, and health amongst everybody is the most important and so really need to take a better I don't know if better is the right word but a, a stronger look at um, taking steps forward in that regard because I think you know this can't happen and to, for these players to travel cross country and then have to be calling off a game at this point in time um, to me is it's um, the right call. And also it's always an opportunity to take a a deeper look into um, next steps.
1: Hopefully a little bit of honesty from players speaking up and saying I'm vaccinated. I'm not because the safety and the health overall is the biggest concern. So yes, unfortunate to have this one postponed, but definitely the right call considering the circumstances and uh, everything that is going on. But uh, if you didn't learn this weekend or this season, um, stay up to date with the NWSL news because every 10 minutes it seems to be changing (laughs) It really does. And I love the shout out to Sandra's outfit. Fire, Sandra. Straight <laughs> fire. I mean, listen,
3: listen, Sandra needs to be one of those ones that comes through the tunnel uh, <laughs> pregame. I'm trying to get that as well. So, Sandra, join us. Listen, uh, Lori brings it with game day outfits. It's... But listen, Sandra's going to break the internet. Sherry did. And then we <laughs> need her to to be in the game day outfits as well for with um, the players. So, come on, Sandra, when you're off of um, vacation.
1: Uh, She'll be back with me soon. I miss her. It's it's lovely to have you guys, though. Well, that was it for Saturday. Three (laughs) games, two two ties (laughs) we saw across the board and one postponement. We have Sunday matches to get to, of course, after this very quick break.
0: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this, too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Attacking Third Lisa Roman alongside Lori Lindsay and Marissa Pilla. We talked about Saturday, a pair of ties, and guess what? Sunday's matches. A few more ties that we need to discuss. Starting off, it was the space race, Orlando versus Houston ending in a tie. Of course, 1-1 goals from Taylor Corniak for Orlando and Rachel Daly of Houston. And Lori on the call as the analyst, Marissa on the sideline, both sweating, both had great <laughs> eyes on this game, talking about it. Uh, Lori, overall, this matchup, what did you take away, especially from Orlando throughout this game?
3: Yeah, I think in general, the biggest takeaway is this is probably a fair result for, for both teams, right? Like for Houston, I know you asked about Orlando, but I'll just say this. For Houston, it was really about a good uh, 15 minutes in their in their, this opening, the excuse me, the first 15 minutes of this game. They've conceded goals, they've given up soft goals, they've had to chase games, and they put some pressure on early, got a goal, I thought had control of the, the game the majority of majority of it. And then in the second half, after the unfortunate Ashlyn Harris injury, credit to Orlando Pride, really started working their way into the game, showed more urgency and energy with movement of the ball. Space started opening up. You Listen, it was hot and humid for both teams. They would be used to that, right? It's not like that's foreign for, for Houston. However, it just, you're kind of wondering those questions about Um, Orlando playing at home, having a week off. Where was that throughout the match, right? Why are you waiting to yourself to go down 1-0 early on and have to chase this match? But they didn't panic. I thought there's some good movement of the ball late in the game. And and Taylor Korniak, that's what you want from your substitutes. And I think this is a player that stepped up in an interesting way. Uh, We saw her pretty one-dimensional, the way that the Pride played early on in the season now being asked to play a little bit of a different role deeper in the midfield we're starting to see some of her different attributes shine which we talked about in the broadcast and listen no one's going to deny how good she is in the air i mean uh, the arguably one of the best in the league if not the best right and i mean she made they they did well got a uh, a corner kick and she made him pay and then right before that that earned him it was a, a great save from jane campbell to make the save that um, resulted in the corner kick. So, Korniak coming on right away, making an impact. And honestly, at this point in time, that's what you need for this because we keep talking about how close these teams are. It sounds cliche, but it's, the truth is that's the that's the deal this season, right? I mean, points, points, points are needed. And anytime you can have players coming off your bench and stepping up in ways, credit to Korniak. I thought she was excellent when she came in
1: the goalkeepers this weekend definitely played so well. Neither of them getting uh, a clean sheet in this match, but I mean, against Rachel Daly, how, how impressive is that? I mean, Marissa, you were there roaming the sidelines, eavesdropping in on all of the bench talk. Always. What'd you learn? Eavesdropping.
2: From <laughs> That's so true. I mean, I'm a e- professional eavesdropper. Is. Yeah. You know, Creeping growing around. up as the, the youngest child, I, I really honed my eavesdropping skills. So I think, you know, I'm kind of in the right industry for now. Uh, <laughs> But as Lori was saying, I think this game had a lot of different uh, layers and a lot of different things that we were looking for that didn't necessarily pan out, Um, especially when talking about Orlando's start to the game. I thought we were going to see them kind of connect a little bit more. Becky Burley was very much adamant about keeping it simple in the attack. One-two passes. You don't have to thread the needle. You don't have to do the most complicated thing to get get forward. And the, the rhythm just wasn't there for them. Um, But credit to this team that they stuck with it because at a certain point, it felt like it was just it was never going to come. And it felt like they didn't they had a couple little looks, but nothing really to create a a big enough spark. Um, And and Houston, you know, if they got this win, they were going to jump all the way to fourth in the standings from outside, way outside the playoff positioning to inside, nice and comfy above that line. So a lot was on the line for them, too. Um, and, and what we talked about, what Lori mentioned about how Taylor Corniak has been, you know, asked to play a different role. That's what she wants to play. She wants to show that she's more than just her height. And I talked to Allie Krieger before the game, and she told me really what Becky Burley has brought into this team is um, just – the confidence that they know how to play, where before maybe it was just like the, the game plan was more so let's worry about what the opposition is going to do. And when you get the ball, just shoot it down the field. And, you know, Krieger was just kind of like, we're good enough to play. And and Burley lets us play. and And they played into the match. They got themselves back in. And when teams want to win, they find a way to do it.
1: The response of the players to interim head coach Becky Burley for Orlando Pride has just been tremendous. And I think that really shows on the field with what she's doing with the players and what she's allowing them to do and play to their own personal strengths and doing well. A number of injuries in this match. I know Ashlyn Harris went off. Um, Any injury updates from my people on the ground there, Lori?
3: No, but I'm hoping um, that... That Ashlyn is okay. That seemed to be mm-hmm. the worst of the injuries. We saw Rachel Daly go down late in the game as well, and Shea Groom in the first half. She ended up coming off in the second. Um, but Ashlyn, obviously, the worst of them of them. But hopefully, mm-hmm. um, it's not even a concussion. Hopefully, she's just shaken up from the the knock. So fingers crossed for that one. But um, you know, a shout out to Aaron McLeod, Olympic gold medalist for Canada. I think anytime you have somebody that experienced to be able to come in and with a composure. One of the reasons, in my opinion, that they were able to, to come back in because get back into this game, because anytime you have the confidence for somebody that can step in, um, as a sub in a, in a vital position
1: at a time in that, in a game like that,
3: then really needed. So good job for her.
1: Yeah, great job by Aaron McLeod, for sure. This game ending in a 1-1 tie, our third of the weekend between Orlando and Houston, our third, but not our final match. <laughs> uh, Kansas City versus North Carolina. Another draw, nil-nil no, no no. this time. <laughs> Listen, like, we're how does this wins. happen? <laughs> Lori, we knew in our preview, uh, we gave score predictions and we gave a disclaimer at the end that uh, all disclosure, these score lines could be completely wrong because this is the (laughs) league and things change constantly. Um, I think we had one draw throughout our preview, but no way could we have guessed that four of the five would be draws one, of course not being played, but this one between Kansas city and North Carolina for North Carolina this is their fifth straight shutout. Um, they have not lost a game since July 17th. A great goalkeeping from both sides of, of the field in this one to keep it scoreless. Five saves for AD French and Kansas City, six saves for Casey Murphy. But Kansas City, a team that, as I've been watching them from May up until now in September, has truly grown the the depth of their squad and the trades that they've made. It's been slow and it's been a progress, but they take a point off of North Carolina tonight. Well, two points after uh, splitting this one with the three points on the tie Marissa overall with Kansas city, especially in this match and looking towards the rest of the season. What did you see from them? What do you want to see more of from Kansas city and Hugh Williams?
2: I think well for starters, they're they're trending in the right direction. They're two oh and one in their last three matches. As we said, it's important to pick up points. That's exactly what they're doing. And and you you kind of hit it spot on the trades that they're making, the moves that they're making. And they're not afraid right now to shake things up, being kind of an a new team, you know, it's they're not quite the old Kansas city. They're not Utah. They they had to create a whole identity separate to what existed last year and what existed in the same city just a few years ago. It's a big undertaking. Um, and I think that they're really doing that. Hugh Williams, you can tell how dedicated he is. I mean, from the beginning of the season on, anyone who's been paying attention knows that he takes a lot of pride in being in this job. And going forward, I want to see them just play with even more confidence. I think that they're getting pieces now that start to um, complement one another a little bit more, and it's making more sense onto the field. Um, and I think that you know, I don't want to say that they're they're shooing to make the playoffs. I think they have a long, long way to go. But I think that they're trending in the right direction, and if they can just find ways to pick up little points here and there, it could be a good thing for them going forward.
1: For North Carolina, Lori, it's it's. To a Chucky Ike, no, no goals for that. We talked about their attacking presence and, and what they have and and how they can do well against a Kansas city team with McDonald and Lynn Williams, Dabinia Rodriguez, who also got the start and also the formation changeups there, but for North Carolina at, obviously a tie tonight but nothing on the board no not a lot of shots on goal how how does their offensive production change and <laughs> and become higher throughout the rest of this season
3: uh, listen, I don't know because the joke's on us at these um, these score lines, right? Like no one ever predicted this, and credit to Kansas City because they seem to have North Carolina's number. I mean, they made these trades um, specifically between these two teams, and Kansas City hasn't looked back against North Carolina, which is typically one of the toughest teams to play in this league. Uh, I think there's a couple of things though with North Carolina. Listen, there were some major defensive woes at the beginning of this season, leaking goals in ways that we haven't seen a Courage team do in. I would say a long time, but I think just ever. And now to get these shutouts, that is a massive step forward. Um, again, heading into a crucial time. Um, if things continue to trend, like they will make the playoffs, right? And the last thing you want to be doing is giving up unnecessary goals. So great on that area. But now it's about putting the pieces together. And sometimes that just takes a little bit of time on both sides of the ball. But I do find it interesting. You're talking about for the best strikers in the world, right? Not just in this league. I mean, some players that have produced some really important goals throughout their career, Lynn Williams, Jess McDonald, Dabina, Amy Rodriguez, right? And I think sometimes it does take a little bit of time to mesh. Clearly the three of Dabina, Lynn and Jess have played together, but then you add in a different wrinkle with Amy Rodriguez. That does take time, right? Um, However, you know, it is even even with not, there is just a common language. So uh, I'll be curious of what some of those conversations are are happening, you know, and, and hopefully there's still some just calmness and there's not panic because they have put themselves in a good position still um, in this playoff race. But on the flip side, Kansas City, right? They've done a good job. They're starting to come together. I mean, I'll say it. It's, it's a good thing because, you know, in most... Professional sports, he Williams would not be there with their record that they had at the beginning of the season. That would just be the case, right? It would be cutthroat. But they have stuck with him. He's been a major part. I, I really enjoy talking with him. And as Mercer said, they have push the limits in terms of making trades and having an idea of what they want to do. And I think it's, it's naive for us to sit here and say that it would be easy for North Carolina to score against them. Because I do think Kansas city has become a much more difficult team to play against as of late, Bringing in 80 French and just shoring some things up, making some rotations defensively. So I think that is important to note against North Carolina. Cause these are not, these are not easy, easy teams to walk through. Not Lori, at all. Yo, go Lori, does,
2: does Paul Riley ever hit the
3: panic button? does he even have one yeah i think paul Riley is he might not be <laughs> saying it to the public but he's in there telling like what the hell's going on <laughs> like pick it up let's go and that's enough so i do think that oh, they'll start to start to click and next week and actually huge huge game should be fine against portland for north carolina so
1: a huge game looking ahead and as we've talked about throughout this entire episode throughout this entire season teams need to win and they need to get three points Week in and week out to stay in the top six standings, top six make playoffs at the end of this. And now we have a location in Portland, Providence Park. But let's take a look at these standings before we close out this episode. Not too much has changed. Remember, uh, ties across the board. So one point each for every team. Portland Thorns, (laughs) they stay at number one, 32 points. North Carolina Courage, number two, 29 points. OL Rains sitting at third place, 29 points, Orlando Pride and Chicago Red Stars, four and five, both with 25 points, Washington Spirit, number six, 23 points. And that's the top six as of right now in those playoff positions. Number seven, Gotham FC, 22 points, Houston also with 22 points sitting in number Eight spot, ninth place racing Louisville seventeen points and Kansas City picking up a point against North Carolina in eleven, bringing home the rear at tenth place for Kansas City. But this this season, I Lori, you gave us your prediction or your favorite team right now, I should say. OL oh, well, rain, Marissa, I have to ask while we have you on, do you have a favorite team right now? Don't take mine. They're all my favorite. <laughs> I got to get these coaches to talk to me
2: I can't pick a favorite um no but I I think at least the most exciting ones in my opinion I'm mm-hmm. sorry I have to copy Lori because you know that's how I live my life just trying to aspire to be Lori Lindsay um but OL Reign really is we've just seen such a shift in them and it's kind of like they are now the team we always wanted them to be this season where they started off a little spotty they weren't quite doing as well as we knew they could given the talent on the roster. Um, so I, I really have been enjoying watching OL rain, Orlando pride had been very interesting, just knowing kind of the background of um, how good the players feel under Becky Burley. And I don't think you can underestimate how important that is. Even when I talked to Alex Morgan at halftime, she's just been back with the team for a couple weeks. She had her first full training on Friday and she already can feel the shift that Becky Burley is bringing. And she hasn't even been super, super involved back at training. So for someone like her on the on the outskirts a little, at least, um, you know, training-wise, to feel that and, and to have such an emotion, I think that's so important, especially when things are this close. Listen, it's like the, the line of demarcation at this point is so, so, so fine. You need those uh, non-negotiables and intangibles to push you through. I think Orlando has a lot of them.
1: The standings very, very close. We have two for OL Raid. Guys, I agree. OL Raid. They're so fun to watch. The evolution that they've taken from May until right now is just beautiful. And frankly, I think there is more to come for the next month and a half before we get to the NWSL championship. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Yes, Lori. We need to know where your team is. I love it, Lori. Thank you for calling me out. Honestly, (laughs) LL rain's been great. I'm not going (laughs) to say them because obviously we have two already in favor of them. Uh, Portland was really fun to watch throughout the Olympics with all of their depth and seeing younger players come in. Um, I'm I'm a little ambitious and I'm just excited for the future. I can't help but watch that Portland team with all of their young players and think this team is going to be electric moving forward in the NWSL with all of their young talent. But honestly, Racing Louisville – they're fun because they're new. And even with the coaching changeover that they have, they have players like Savannah McCaskill, like we've talked about Michelle Betos, who have those leadership qualities that can make a team be really good. And I have given game predictions against racing Louisville where they've, they've lost. I say they're going to lose or they're going to let in a few goals. And they surprise me because they are constantly developing as a team and getting rhythm. So I'm going to pick racing Louisville as right now. Not I'm, We're not picking favorites to win the whole league. We're just picking fun teams to watch. And that is mine for right now. All um, right. Ladies, I, I, like I approve. I like it. Well done. Well, approval from you two is pretty impressive. So thank you very much, and thank you, Lori and Marissa Pilla, for joining us. We are so excited to have you here. Reminder: give us a follow on Twitter at attacking third. We're on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts with a question, and we will answer it. Also available as video, attacking third on YouTube. Subscribe to us at youtubecom attacking third. We all also have full, extended NWSL highlights on our YouTube page. Sandra Herrera will be back later this week for our News and Notes episode. I know we all missed her. I can't wait to talk about her fashion on her vacation. For Lori Lindsay, Marissa Pilla, I'm Lisa Roman. This was the Fashion Third.
4: Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast, And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger. but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.